Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right. All right. All right. Today is uh, Saturday, uh, March 31st, last day of March. And um, we are... Um, doing uh, Communication Mastery with this session six, uh, even though this is the fourth module, because we're really going all the way in, and uh, it is a little after 20 after 8. Um, seems like we have a technical issue. Uh, it's just me and Tim on the call right now. I'm, I'm missing Rebecca. I'm like, like my eyes away from Rebecca, especially, because I don't know if she's dealing with a phone issue or whatever. I haven't seen her on in the group in a while now, you know? Um, <laughs> Tom, you know, I'm going to just say he's probably asleep, man, turkey. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I'm making you wrong, bro. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Suzanne, Suzanne, I don't know what's going on with her, but I, I miss her too because she's so smart and she be saying stuff to make her stay on the phone like an hour longer, you know, because we having so much good time with what you say. So, uh, but, but I'm missing them. So it's just me and Tim. We're going to review the um, – Distinctions uh, portion. We're going to go in a lot further, um, uh, and then you know we'll see what's going on. So, um, this is number four is uh, distinctions, and the three distinctions in this um, section is mental modeling, how the world is set up in your head, and then uh, uh, number two is uh, monkey mind. And then uh, number three is the 10 types of vision. That's the one I wanted to spend the most time on. But I didn't want to talk about monkey mind as well. So, um, yeah, so do you remember uh, what mental models are, more or less? Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm going to take it. Is it windy for you? Can you give me this last? Yeah, you got a lot of wind. I can't hear where you're standing. wind. Uh, you said it went too strong? Yeah, yeah, you covered up the mic. That's a lot better. Okay. That's better. Um, I can hear you better, but I still hear what you're in, Joe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let me find the, um, a better spot. Let it get better in just a moment. But uh, as far as mental modeling, you got to give me... I don't have my original set of notes with me. Yeah. So you kind of give me a quick refresher to kind of jumpstart my brain. Yeah. Okay. Um, the internal images, thoughts, ideas, and beliefs held within, within the mind of every living being regarding how the world works. Mm. Mental modeling is not only how we see and make sense of the world by how we take action. They're active, they shape how we act. Pictures, right. pictures, memories, beliefs, and other mental concepts in the minds of people that make up our mental model of the world are purely and only the principles they've chosen to apply to the world. 
consciousness. So, another way of saying that's the model of the stories we tell ourselves in our head. Mm. Mm. Right. Based on uh, base, uh, basically based on our past experience, how we shape the world around us, how we think the world works in our world. Right. And how make- we, yeah, and how we anticipate it when it continues to be that. Right, right. And then uh, we was talking about one way of doing that, not to actually be confrontational with anyone, but to but to actually ask their question to challenge their beliefs to to imagine a different possible a different uh, scenario or a different right. Uh, possibility. Right. Yeah. So uh, you remember. Uh, at another point, I had to say, hey, I'm when Once I see it and I realize it's almost over, that's 
I, you know, blurt it out or whatever I do, you know. Yeah. Like that. Okay. So when we get to this exercise, I want to uh, I want to ask uh, what usually works is because I've done it only a couple times, but but what happens is if I'm the second or the third person to say how my brain works, all of a sudden everybody starts realizing how their brain works because their brain is working that way while we're describing how our brain works. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really amazing, right? So so um. We don't want to say so. Yeah, so I want you to remember that, so that when you know we, we have that session with the, with the larger group, uh-huh. uh, I can call on you and ask you, if you can, like you know, spit it out, and I'll spit mine out, and then we can start hearing the people realize because they won't they won't necessarily know it until they hear somebody else say it first, and then they can right. say, oh, man, I think differently than this person. Like what we say makes them realize that they, that they think differently. Right. So, right. And then, so we kind of we kind of pull it out of each other. Right. 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 And then and then what ends up happening is that's that's the last time. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be the last time they ever say to themselves, "How come you don't think like I do?" We go man. Man, it, it's it's so funny because that right there has been sticking with me for like the past six weeks. It's like one of the most present thoughts I have when engaging in new conversations with anybody I meet. You know, because before then I didn't know. Yes. Yeah. Nobody almost nobody does. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a humbling experience. Mm-hmm. That that and then uh that combined with um you know listening man. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so now what we're going to do is uh, I want to talk about monkey mind. This is how your, how people's brains operate, automatically react when they're not conscious. I'll go through the mm-hmm. list again. So, um, yeah, so the first way to look when uh, attempting to determine a person's or a group's mental model mm-hmm. is whether they're actually conscious or not. Mm-hmm. So you got to see, is this person actually conscious or what? The best way to determine this is by uh, using something called monkey mind. And I know, you know, Suzanne was like, oh, my God, you know, monkey mind. You know, the name was bothering me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like our automatic reaction to to things, particularly when we're not happy. Being vague, that's when people are like talking ephemerally, they're talking woo-woo, they're talking like, you know, like there's no reality to their speaking. Mm-hmm. They're vague. So there's no way you're going to get a commitment out of them. There's no way you're going to be able to get them to believe in, listen to, take on what you're saying. They're not conscious enough to be clear. If they can't be mm. clear, they can't learn. Mm. If, if they can't learn, they can't pay attention. They can't figure out what you're really saying. Mm-hmm. They probably won't even remember it if you can tell that they're being vague. Mm. They're too busy dealing with themselves to be dealing with anybody else. Matter of fact, all of these are that. Mm-hmm. They're too busy dealing in their own mental model. They're in their own mental living room dealing with the person. 
Now, well, I have a question. I have a, I have a yeah. question. Um, yeah, yeah. The person is uh, in my state of mind, right? Can you hear me a lot better now? No, no, no. The wind, the wind is killing your voice. Where you at? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm on the beach, man. Um, I kind of stumbled upon this area. It's, it's uh, I'll send you photos later on, man. But it, I was trying to kind of got lost, yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up here. So I was trying to find a place where I could sit and not like freak people out. But, yeah. Well, whatever you're doing to your microphone now is a beautiful thing, man. It's like it's like perfect right this second. I don't know what he's doing, covering it up. Yeah, I just I actually found me a, I just found me a stationary spot. I've been like walking like since we started the call, trying to find a oh, spot to okay. that. But yeah, All right. but okay. But now we're rocking. Now we're rocking. All right. You uh, see, uh, the monkey mind. Like, yeah. how do you how do you first engage with the person who has a monkey mind um, by first not knowing? when you're operating within your own, like, monkey state of mind? Well, well, first off, um, we're going to come around with that later. That's between um, empathy and uh, and effective interactions, five and six, module okay. five and six. So we're going to work on that. But um, okay. uh, monkey mind is unconscious. The reason why it's called monkey mind is because if you ever see monkeys in a cage, how they jump around from place to place? Yeah, they go berserk, man. Right. That's that's how our brain is operating when we're unconscious. Right. So you got to notice if you can't notice if you're conscious or not. You got no shot at noticing how somebody else's con- uh, brain is conscious or not. So now you got two pieces of machinery interacting with each other. Nothing's really, you know, getting created or clear. Nothing's being communicated effectively. So everybody's right. kind of like on autopilot. Right. Yeah. And I, right. the reason why I ask you that is because, to be honest, man, I actually caught myself like, in, like a monkey-minded, but especially when I'm at work, man, because I have so many tasks, and I have to yeah. focus on those tasks, and I can't really break my concentration. So right. when people sometimes talk to me about something indifferent or something that challenges me to think otherwise, I would be able to give them my monkey mind responses. Not until yeah. you guys actually told me what it meant. So now I'm like, oh, man, I have been monkey mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and actually, mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's been keeping you in your job, but not necessarily helping you develop. Right, right. So now what I'm finding is, you know, being in any time, I think, in being in the monkey mind state of mind, really, really isn't benefiting me. You right. know, it's not. Right. So um, now since I realized it within myself, now I'm starting to pick up on it and, you know, the people that I work alongside, you know, so mm. it's, um, yeah. I think it could probably, and I think it's kind of a learned uh a learned uh, trait, right? Yep. Hmm. Okay. So it's interesting. Hmm. I never thought about it when I'm about to say what I'm writing. I'm typing in here right now. Uh, 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 which is, uh, so how will you be able to tell if and when 
and when you're you're in monkey mind yourself it's 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 that listening that's why the listening thing is sticking to me so closely man ever since uh thomas mentioned the point of having um having an open mind when you're having an open dialogue with someone just like when you're talking to someone have like a blank canvas man and allow them to paint the photo and let them yeah. paint the photo in its entirety you know, before you interrupt them with your own thoughts. So yes. the more I've been deciding myself to do that, I've been listening to, to others, but I've been also paying more attention to myself. Yes. I think that's one way to get out of the monkey mind type thing. Yeah. Another thing might be the biggest thing, but definitely a big thing is that thought I just had. Did I think it or did it come to me? Uh, we covered that last week, man. You spoke on that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That was big. How do we think that we thought we thought of what we just thought? <laughs> I know it's all crazy, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. If you just heard yourself think something, but you didn't think it, where did that thought come from? Exactly. So people are walking around. And don't even know they're not thinking for themselves because they're being they're being taught to think by everything around them, by TV, radio, society. You know, I think the people who who stand out the most are the more are the people who actually think. The ones who say I'm going to dress this way, or they, or sometimes the ones who kind of resist resist some of the social norms, and then immediately society says, "Oh, you're crazy, <laughs> or you're, you're yep. this, you're something, you're that." They label you. But I'm starting to see now that a lot of times those very same people are the trendsetters. They are the ones that the multitude of people follow, you know, after a period of time. Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's why yeah. you're on the call here, my brother. So, you know, you know it's, it's like you had a thought hit your head. And the reason why here's the reason why people have a challenge with that is because the the voice, the sound of the voice, and the sound that came in their head with that mm-hmm. thought, it is their voice. Mm-hmm. That's why they think it was their thought. Because they don't realize, right? Yeah, they don't realize that they they're only their mind is only repeating what it heard before. Yeah, what they've heard before, right? Usually, it's some past, most of the time, some past-based thought or some fear-based thought. Fear. Yes. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. So being paranoid, you know, being desperate, some negative emotion makes them react, and then they start having thoughts. But their brain is not giving them the thoughts. So it's so, basically like a survival. Yes, exactly what it is. So, uh, so I'm going to give it to you a little more direct uh, right in a second. So I have an exercise. I call it the, the uh, subconscious, no, excuse me, the unconscious clothing closet. So the unconscious clothing closet, I came up with that idea because I remember asking myself a question. When people... I have a good idea. It seems like most of the time, the first thing that happens immediately after that good idea is a whole bunch of negative ideas. Mm. Notice that? The contradictions. 
Yeah, it's like he had this great idea, and all of a sudden, the opposite shows up, and in, in a whole bunch more than than a whole much more often, in time, and how many, whole much more than the original idea. Right. And so I remember asking myself, why would God make human beings that way, and why is that a good thing? And the key question hmm. is, why is that a good thing? Because hmm. if everybody did it, it must be part of how we're designed. It doesn't happen to everybody every single time, <clears throat> but it happens to everybody sometimes. Hmm. Right? I don't so, think it's the problem. I think we're the problem because... I'm going to tell you what back, this, go ahead, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it goes back to why don't people think like me? To that way of thinking. And Ooh, then on the, and the other side of that is that people, once you have a an original thought or an original idea, something that comes new, you think to yourselves with others accepted. Mm-hmm. So they both play against each other. When you have the, why don't others think about me? And then you think, you do it to your own self. I have a new thought, but what would everyone else think? What would they think about that? It sounds crazy. So I think a lot of times we 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 like, when we have a new idea, we like self-destructed ourselves within our mm-hmm. own mind. Yeah. Well, it's worse than that. Wow. It's worse than that, and it's better than that. But it's worse than that. Mm. Like, like the reason it happens is great, but the fact that we don't get it is why it's worse than that. Mm. So, um, when I when a thought finally hit me, like the epiphany came to me to answer. It took a few mm-hmm. weeks. Like, I was sitting in it like an inquiry, you know? And, I can uh, imagine that. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, gee, what? I, I wasn't trying to figure it out. I just held it as a question, you know, waiting for, you know, some evidence to show up and let me know. So I learned two things. One, when you have one of those good thoughts, usually it's like intuition. Hmm. So not always, but usually it's intuition. And so intuition the good thing about it is that it comes from spirit. The bad thing about it is you only intuition only says what it says one time. It doesn't repeat. Uh. So if you have a good idea and your brain starts eating you alive on it, you should remember the good idea because it ain't going to remind you. It's not going to repeat. Intuition does see, not repeat. That's how you know convers- intuition. Yeah. See, that's why this that's- conversation is going full circle, man. Because, like I was saying, when those thoughts come to me, my intuition, my spirit, and it comes yeah. across the sky, it comes across just like a star. Because I know once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Well, that's intuition. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so now, here's the deal. When you have that good thought, nine times out of ten is intuition. But then again, all of a sudden, all these other thoughts come, right? Here's how yeah. come it happens. Here's how come it happens. So, so let's say you won a gift card to go to, you know, a clothing store, your favorite clothing store. Right. You got a thousand, you got a thousand dollar gift card. Right. And you buy some clothes. And when you come home, all your closets are full. You got no spaces to do nothing with, with those cool. clothes. What are you going to do? Throw your old clothes away. Yeah. So you gotta that's make what room. happens. That's what happens with our brain. When we get a great idea, we get intuition. Our brain says, 
wow, you got this great idea. But what are you going to do with these other ones that, that's not a match? Mm. Your brain is doing you a favor by give, doing an inventory so you could choose what you really want to do rather than be a, at the effect of something. Your brain is doing an inventory when you come up with a good idea. It's not beating you up. That's why uh, it's a good idea that God did that. That's why I call it the exercise, the unconscious clothing closet, unconscious clothes closet. Because if you were doing clothes consciously, you would do the same thing as your brain does with information. Wow. Unconscious yeah. Clothes closet. So, 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 what, so how I do the exercise is I play association. You remember the game association? You say this and then, you know, somebody says something to you and then you say the first thing that pops into your mind, right? Mm, you ever, okay. You ever played that game? You ever heard of it? Uh, I want to say yeah, but I'm not really sure. All right. Well, there's a game called association where, um, you know, I would say ball and then you'd say the first thing that pops into your mind when I say ball mm. or, you know, or, or, or girls or whatever, right? I say a name, a word, and then, you know, you've got, like, all of these thoughts in your head about that. And so you say the first thing that pops in your mind. Wow. So what I do is um, I have somebody tell me their biggest problem or the problem they want to deal with right now. Oh. And then I start asking them questions. Or no, no, I don't ask questions. I make statements. And I let them say the first thing that pops into their brain. They got to say it, and then they write it down. And we do that for about 10 or 15 minutes. Because I'm, I'm listening to how they're thinking because I'm listening for one thing in particular. I'm listening for the contradiction. I'm so willing to try that, like, right now. Whoa. Okay. All right. Um, um, no, we'll, we'll do that on another, on an, on another call. Cause that's not a part of this, this, uh, this program here. Okay. But, but I don't mind doing it after the call if you want to, but okay, you're gonna have to but here's the, here's the thing. You got to have a pen and a paper with you. I already got it. I'm writing right now. So when there's a, so when there's a happening is, if I, if I keep saying contradictory things or things that trigger you and you keep catching it, eventually you're going to say something that's an assumption in your brain mm-hmm. that's a complete contradiction to what you're committed to. <clears throat> then I can dissolve a blind spot in your life. Whoa. So I'll give you two examples for, for uh, myself. I, had, I did it with some folks, and then I taught somebody how to do it with me. Whoa. So when I did when I did it with with uh, with with these three fellas on a call, I did it with one of the guys first, and he had he was the issue he was dealing with. He was sad, uh, and in mourning because uh, the girl he was dealing with, you know, he's no longer with her, and um, you know, he was kind of a player, but he really did love this woman, right? But she wasn't with him, and I I think I don't remember if he dumped her or she dumped him or whatever, but it wasn't working, right? Yeah. And so, so that was his, his biggest problem. So I was, you know, doing the exercise with him. 
And uh, at some point I had said to him, which never happened, but I was just saying, cause I wanted to hear what he would think. I said, wow, you and your girl is, uh, she's, she's, she's um, about to give birth with her third child. And he said, with y'all's third child. And he said, well, it's a good thing that, uh, that that didn't happen yet because I didn't want to have a broken family. I was like, <laughs> that's an interesting thought. And so what turned out was that he didn't know he was sabotaging every relationship he was in because he didn't want to have a broken family like the one he grew up in. So he dumped women before they could dump him, even if they weren't trying to dump him. Man, I know some guys doing that right now, and they don't even they don't even realize it. Yeah, he didn't need it until until I caught it and explained it to him. I got it on the recording. He was like, "Damn." So, um, and then then I had somebody uh, do it with me, and it was about money. And uh, she was asking me this, that, and the other. And what I realized is, um, this was in 2011 or 2012. I think it was 2011. Yeah, it was. And uh, what I came away from was, wow, I wish, I wish there was no such thing as money because I can't handle it. I don't know how to deal with it. Mm. So we all have plenty of in, um, things in our brain that get in the way of our um, commitments in our capacity to do stuff because we have contradictions in our brain that our brain is trying to help us with, but we ain't getting the message. Cause we got, cause we're in survival mode, yeah. and we're, um, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. So, man, that's deep, man. Yeah. So let me uh, go through these uh, um, monkey mind uh, items, and then, uh, and then I, I do want to go into the ten types of vision. I really want to go there. Um. So um, I talked about being vague. You know, they're like, they just, uh, you know, being vague is like not really paying attention to your, your money coming in and going out and then wondering yeah. what happened and then wonder why, you you know, issue is where it is. I, I can't even say that happens to me. Or, you know, I hate to say yeah. it, but. <laughs> it's life. Then, it's life, man. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, dealing with the past or the future as if it's the present. Like, there's always been that way or it's always going to uh, be that way. That's a person that's locked in. That's dogmatic thinking, but it's automatic because they're just dealing with their their um, their uh, machinery. The machinery yeah. is is trying to protect them and, and and predicting the future. They're not conscious. They just they're just not. And then um, being defensive. That's even though being paranoid is a separate one. Chances are somebody's defensive is because they're being paranoid, so their action is to be defensive, is to defend themselves. They're trying to avoid issues, you know, yeah. trying to stay yeah. out of trouble, right? Be right, yep. don't want to be wrong, all of that, right? Yep. You know, and then taking things personally is a reason why somebody would be defensive if they wasn't being paranoid. Right? Somebody that's always taking things personally, they're not conscious, man. You gotta wake mm. them up because they're not they're not aware of what's what's possible in this conversation. They're just trying to avoid getting in trouble, and they think you're blaming them. They think you're attacking them or something, you know. 
And then feeling resigned. I got to tell you, that's one of my big ones because um, I can't tell that I'm resigned until I'm starting to come out of it. So that's one of the ones I personally got to deal with. You know, and I, I fail, you know, to get enough people to pay attention to my marketing efforts, particularly marketing and money. Those are the, that's those two areas where I just like go unconscious, man, when it ain't working right. You know, and uh, I hate to admit it, but that's the deal, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but you got you to gotta know your own stuff, you know? So um, of the five that I just said, that's one of the, one of the, that might be the biggest one, but that's one of my big ones. And um, I'm way better than I used to be, but it comes over so automatically. Unless somebody else is around, I might not catch it for a while, you know? Wow. How long, how long before you think you'd catch it on average? Well, it used to be days. Days? But, yeah, it used to be days. But now it could last as long as a day. But when I meditate, it takes me out of it. Mm. Meditation takes me out because now I'm connected to spirit. And by the way, the difference between prayer and meditation is when you're praying, you're talking to God. When, you, when you're meditating, you're listening. <laughs> Whoa. Hold on. Wait. Praying. Talking to God. Meditating. Yes. Whoa. That yeah, is. one of the. Yeah, it is. It, but that's the deal. Anyhow, um, so yeah, so that's that. Um, it's funny when I was uh, reading Conversation with God, the first book I read, it was blowing my mind because uh, the author, you know, God talked talked to the author and said. It's not who do I talk to. I talk to everybody. Question is, who's listening? <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, I gotta start listening. <laughs> wow. That was really reading conversation with God was really the beginning of my consistent meditation. Like I meditate pretty much every day, man. You know, at least a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah, man. I really would like to be uh, get in the habit of meditating for at least a solid half hour every day, but uh, uh, I don't remember to do that. Um, I've, I've meditated moments, flash moments of you know five, ten minutes here and there. Yeah, but uh, whatever, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, anyhow, um, the more you meditate, the more you'll be able to hear the difference between your brain and you. Whoa. Yeah, because you'll be able to hear God talking to you, and you'll be able to hear your reaction to what you're receiving, and you'll be able to tell the difference between what you're receiving and what your machinery is doing, and then what you're thinking, like your reaction to it. You'll actually hear three different things. Believe it or not, I'm not going to put this in the communication program, uh -huh. but, but I want to tell you, <laughs> this is going to mess you up for real, bro. So depending on the human being, we have a, between nine and 12 different voices in our head. What? Yeah. Nine and 12? Between nine and 12, depending on who it is and how they brain, how they design. So I'll tell you what they are. So um, there's your machinery. Okay. Machinery. There's you. Yeah, your, your brain, your machinery, your monkey mind, all right? Then there's right. you. Then there's you. 
Okay. Then um, then there's this uh, series of four pain bodies. I don't know if you ever yeah. heard of this guy named uh, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Yeah, he talks about um, uh, in his book um, the, um, the the power of now. Yeah. His whole book is about trying to get out of monkey mind, really. But it's also about we have these four pain bodies that that has their own personalities in our in our brain. Remember that? Whoa. Hmm. Do Do you remember that at all? No, I don't. I'm sitting here um, absorbing it, actually. Yeah, you 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 getting like super super brain science? What you getting in this call today, man? Yeah. So. So we have uh, this four pain bodies, and he doesn't describe it the way I'm about to, mm-hmm. but I'm about to, but I'm gonna tell you what they are. There are four emotional uh, bodies. We have four main emotions that run us. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they're negative. Wow. Yeah, but they inspire us because of their negativity. It makes us creative. It makes us be able to create. Um, because it gives us a contrast between positive and negative. So, um, those four pain bodies are sadness, mm. anger, mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. resignation. Okay. Um, let me make sure I said that again. So there's um, fear, anger, resignation. Um, and sadness. Okay. So those those emotions have their own personality in you. Sadness, so, anger, fear, and resignation. Reg- How was the last one? Resignation, resigned, being resigned. Yeah. So how they show up is when you're like a kid, something happens and then you make an opinion about yourself or about life. And then you live that opinion for the rest of your life, even though you don't remember that, that. Whoa. Yeah. And those are our pain bodies. So for Ooh, example, for me, so for example, for me, to make it quick, um, my fear pain body has a, is, is, um, it came out when I was uh, five. My mom left my dad, and then she put me and my sister with a babysitter, Miss Ivy. You've heard me talk about Miss Ivy before, right? No, I never heard that. Oh, I've got to tell you some Miss Ivy stories, but not now. So uh, Miss okay. Ivy, she was um, a mean, mean, mean babysitter, but I did not know that until after mom left. And the first day I was there, within two hours, she gave me a whip it, butt whipping. Mm. And from that point forward, I, 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 when I'm fearful, when I, what scares me the most is wondering, what did I do wrong? Because you what didn't did know. Yeah, I didn't know what I do wrong. But ever since then, my, I, so it's a, it's a question you never – there's a thing that I learned that you learned in the Landmark Communication course called your unanswerable question. I remember when we talked about that. Yeah, unanswerable question. Mine is, what did I do wrong now? And if I think I did something wrong, I start feeling guilty. And if I did something wrong, I'm definitely guilty. <laughs> yeah. You know, but also, like, I got to be responsible for the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm being fearful. 
but I know it's running, it's trying to run me, but I need to, I, I know that it's not me, even though it affects me. But it's part of who I am, part of like how I'm designed. You know, wow. you know, my anger voice is that ain't fair. I get angry without when there's a lack of fairness. Right. Anger, like what the fuck, man? It should be I want to kill people. You know, I want to kill them. <laughs> I get upset, right? So you got yeah. these four, you got these four voices, these four personalities in your body. That when those emotions show up, they show up. All right, so there's there's you, there's your uh, memories, uh, you know, your machinery and automatic associations, right? There's your yeah. intuition. There's your intuition. Those are three. There's your four pain bodies. Mm. That's seven right there. Then you have a you have a spirit. That's in between you and God. So when when Jesus Christ said that um, that there is uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, yeah, God's the Father, you the Son, and then the Holy Ghost is your higher self that's guiding you. How your higher self guides you is through your subconscious mind. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. This is very, very important. So between me and God is my higher self. Right. Your Holy Ghost. Right. That's how Jesus Christ said. It's your spirit. I know this. Yeah, you, you've experienced it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, now's a good time for you to start to get to know your spirit because your spirit can see stuff you ain't never going to be able to see. <laughs> yeah. I see it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, believe it or not, your spirit has a name. It'd be good for you to start having conversations with your spirit. How do you know your spiritual name? Well, when you get when your spirit trusts you enough, it will tell you its name. It just tell you, "Hi, I'm blah blah blah." It'll tell you a little bit about itself. And then it'll go back to training you. But here's how it works with you before that point. There's some brain science that talks about how um, how um, uh, the, the subconscious mind and the conscious mind works together. Yeah. And often we have ideas in our subconscious mind, and we already formulated an idea and a plan even before we even conscious of it. For between between a um, a tenth of a second to up to as many as seven seconds. A subconscious mind may have already made a decision or an idea or plan up to seven seconds before we're conscious of it. Wow. Yeah. As many as seven seconds. That's the longest that anybody in the science has noticed that somebody came to a conclusion before they were conscious of the conclusion. That's another reason why monkey in my mind is so powerful. <laughs> so, yeah. so how our spirit interacts with us is through our subconscious mind. It whispers in our subconscious mind, and then we think it was us because mm-hmm. we couldn't hear it. It just talks to our subconscious mind because we can't hear our subconscious mind. We could interact with our conscious mind and be at the effect of our subconscious mind. 
So our subconscious mind is our eighth voice. And um, and then you have original thoughts, thoughts that you haven't never thought before, spirits never thought before, an original thought. Mm. So, uh, mm. um, yeah, so that's you. And then... Uh, well, we'll just stick with that. I think you I think you either got eight or nine right there, but but that's how many voices you got in your head or more, depending on if you've got other any other uh spiritual gifts. You know, like you might have uh empathy, you know, where you could uh, be an empath or you might have like a form of mental telepathy or you could see the future or something, you know what I mean? So if you yeah. have any spiritual gifts, that's just more voices in your head, bro. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and the child, the reason why you don't know you got all these different voices is because they all sound the same. <laughs> all wow. sounding like the same. You know, you could have nine different singers, but they all sound like David Ruffin. You don't think it's all? It's only David Ruffin singing. Wow. Um, you, you know who David Ruffin is? Was? Mm-mm. No, I don't. He's the, he was the lead singer of The Temptations. You know, I knew you was going to say that. Mental telepathy. Yeah, David yeah. Ruffin was the guy. He was a he was the deeper voice lead singer. He's the one that sang "My Girl." <laughs> right, exactly, "My Girl." Right. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying that all the voices in your head sound like the one sound like the one sound like you. That's like I'm you be thinking it's you. And, it's, wow. and it makes it, and it makes it challenging. You know, it makes it challenging to. Uh, you know, to stay conscious. Mm. It's the hardest thing to conscious. Because you, know, you don't know the movie called... Yeah. I'm sorry. There was, no, the number... there was a movie called The Number Nine. Heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw it, but it looked really interesting. It was I know like, it was something you know, special, but I didn't really understand it. It's making sense mm. now. Mm. All right. So uh, I'm going to leave the rest of these uh, monkey mind things alone here, making qualifying statements, making excuses, stuff like that. And I'm going to yeah. uh, go into the 10 types of vision because right. this, what people understand of this, oh, my God. Yeah, and like, I touched on this last week. Right. And so this was the thing I was actually focus. Right. This was the thing I was going to actually focus on today, really. So, so uh, I'm gonna write. I'm gonna tell you what they are again, and then I'm gonna tell you the impact of, of these things. So, uh, so there's horizontal vision. There's people who think, um, to, who think about how to get from here to there. That's project management vision. How do I get things done? How do I accomplish, produce results? Then there is peripheral vision. These are people that can look at the impact of things that are happening. Oh, if you do this, that's what's going to happen. Or there's a good chance that that happens. Or 
I think how come this happened is because this other thing happened. Like they can see what's in the corners of a scenario. I can do that very well. Yeah, good. So the next one is x-ray vision. This is people who can see through things, see through people, places, and things. They can see what's behind the curtain. They can see the Wizard of Oz. They may not know what to do about it, but they can certainly see it. Mm. They can also see how things are going to turn out. Mm. A lot of the times when I'm coaching people, I don't do it quite as much anymore, but one of the things, one of my tech techniques is to tell you at the beginning of the story, the butler did it, so to speak. Anyway, I'm talking about the butler did it. Wait, tell, tell them at the beginning of the story. What now? At the beginning of the story, I'll tell them uh, a version of the butler did it. So, you know, uh, what, what used to be a regular term about mysteries, uh, mm-hmm. mysteries, stories, and movies is, you know, you want to find out who actually did it. At the end, it's the butler who did it, right? Mm. You, you never heard that term before? Mm-mm. Yeah, I think that first came from uh, uh, what's the name of that that uh, Sherlock Holmes movie stories. I know Sherlock Holmes be like looking at stuff, and then at the end of the story, you find out it was the butler who admitted that he did it, and then like that, killed right? everybody. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, the butler did yeah. it. No, did it. Yeah, it did it like that, right? So uh, uh, Perry Mason was another version of that back in the day. I remember that show. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Yeah, at the end. Five minutes before the end, the, the 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 person who did it admits it on on um uh you know on the stand <laughs> because Perry Mason was drilling into him so much he got he or she got pissed off and admits it. Right. Yeah, those motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> they deserved it. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, man. I wasn't going to, but man, when that happened, oh. <laughs> and then next thing you know, mm. they get handed up and they got cuffs on their hand on their back of their hands and they they do it right. So anyhow, yeah. um, you know, because I have x-ray vision, um, one of my previous techniques, now I take my time and, um, and ask questions and try to help them get to where, where they want to be at. But uh, uh, a lot of times I'll be like, um, you're going to be divorced. And they'll be like, huh? That's, that's my version of the, the butler did it. Or um, you, ain't, you ain't never going to meet, you, you're going to be suffering the rest of your life. What? You know, so like I would drop, wow. I would drop the end, the end result, and then they'd be like, "Huh?" And then I will walk myself back from the end result to where they're standing and connect it, and then they'd be like, "Damn, you're right, man." And um, uh, Columbo, do you ever remember watching Columbo shows? I remember that show in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. He cause in the beginning of the movie, you knew who did it, but then. You enjoyed watching him figure out who did it, and that's how mm-hmm. that's how I, I sometimes coach. So I drop on drop some science on somebody. They'd be like, "Huh?" And then I take them from where the science got dropped back to where they are, and then they can see the path, so they can avoid that path. X-ray vision. Yeah. Hello. Like Perry, like Perry Mason, like uh, Magnum PI. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
that's x-ray vision that's people who can see the end result they can see through things they can see what's about to happen they can they can see the future before people can even know there's such a thing as a future yeah yeah they can actually see problems see solutions to problems before people can even know there's a problem about to happen x-ray vision next gut react uh intuitive vision these are people that live from the intuition. They get intuitive, you know, stuff all the time. It could be empaths, um, but they could feel what's going on around them. And um, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, if they're wise and experienced, they'll in practice, they'll be excellent with it. But even whether they're excellent with it or not, they still are intuitive vision. Mm-hmm. They see things intuitively. Yep. Solutions, problems, all of that. Next is ground ground level vision. These are people that's like, okay, we got to get to reality. Um, and and their reality is um has no. It's, it's strictly in the present. They're not thinking about how to get somewhere. They're thinking about what's going on right now, right now, right now. They're doing inventory. <laughs> so to speak, mm-hmm. on what they're doing, on where they're at, and on what they're seeing. But they don't want to move a muscle until they know, they understand the entire inventory of what's going on. So then, um, that's ground level vision, connection vision. There's the people who can see the impact of things that's happening, but they're connectors. They either connect the ideas, connect people, um, hmm. See the connection. They could see the connection between this, that, or the other. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. They are connected to connections. Like they see, they see the chain, the wiring, and everything connected to everything else. Yeah, they connected that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect. That's a, actually. That's the perfect way to say it. They're masterful at connecting the dots. They see how everything impacts everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different from peripheral vision. You know, peripheral vision is being able to see what's going on in the background. Yeah, it's kind of like seeing all of the stars. But the connector actually takes the stars. And it may not see all of them, but the connector mm-hmm. connects those stars together. Yeah. Yes. Great. Then the next one is microscopic vision. Uh, these are people that can get to the source of things. So it's one thing to have X-ray vision, and it's another thing to have microscopic vision. <laughs> X-ray vision—you can see through things. Microscopic vision can see what things are made of. The very detailed and slow pace. Yeah. Yeah. They're the nitpickers, the words. Yes. They're the lawyers. <laughs> yeah, the but, but they're, yeah, they're the ones that listen in between in between words very well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're fixing things because they're like, oh no, 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 you can't do that. No. They're they're fixers and correctors. <laughs> yeah. They're the um, um, they're the excellent um, uh, uh, folks of the world. They're the ones that that are committed to excellence. Mm-hmm. Accuracy, all of that. They're the detail-oriented folks. They're uh, yeah. 
Yeah, like my yeah. Facebook friends who correct my spelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then there is the uh, the financial vision. These are people that's always dealing with worth, risk, what's in it for them. Are we gonna? Is this gonna work or not? Am I mm-hmm. wasting my time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They always. It's for them. They either always want to benefit, or they at least don't want to fail or lose. Mm. Yeah. You know, in some respects, you could say this is the whole Republican Party financial vision. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then. And then there's uh, authenticity vision. These are people that have ex- excellent bullshit meters. Mm-hmm. They're, all about, they're all about integrity. They're all about, um, you know, how to see life. Like, they, are you being real? Mm-hmm. Like that. And then... Last but not least is vertical vision. These people that take the high road. They're looking at how great things could be. They're looking at life from the perspective of context. The optimistic people? Yeah, but they're visionaries too. Uh, Optimistic visionaries? Yes. Got it. Yeah, these are the people that uh, are visionaries, right? They see things other people can't see, but they see what's possible. Okay. You know, and they can, they can actually see how to make it possible. They may not be able to do what needs to be done to make it possible. Which means they, there's... Wait yeah, get Oh, wow, that's got a new way of looking at this. Okay. Uh... Let's see if you can follow me on video game. You know how you have video games where you kind of go from left to right, the screen goes, like what's in front of you is actually what you're going, kind of like how you're writing on a, on a paper, you're going from left to right, that's how you see your world on the video game world. Right. Right. But then imagine on some video games, you're able to shift the camera and go way up in the sky, and it gives you a broader perspective as yeah. to what you're seeing. So you have a better yeah. idea of what, you know, you see the bigger picture. Right. So what I'm thinking with the tenth vision going vertical, you know, it gives you like an eagle eye of the situation. So therefore, a lot of the things that's believed that are in between that and the destination, they don't really pay too much. They don't give too much focus on. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Um, eagle eye. Yeah, exactly. Eagle eye. So. Um, yeah, vision. People who have vision, their vertical vision, they're always mm-hmm. going higher. They're, they're like high, low in their vision. They're like looking at mm-hmm. things from third floor, twentieth floor, twelfth floor. That's how they're looking at the world. Wow. They keep shifting from where they should be able to see this stuff. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. All right, so we got ten types of visions, and we Dang. have nine. Hold up, hold up. Ten types of vision. Yep. And we have nine different voices in our head. Nine different voices. Yeah. You see and what then, I'm getting at? Yeah, and then, ha, 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 right? 
And then, um, you know, you've got the way your brain works when something happens to it, right? Uh-huh. So that's another thing in the mix. <laughs> oh, man, I like this here because I could sit here and just think about this for a long time. Right. So now, here's the, here's the thing about this. See, mm-hmm. when you understand how uniquely each human being's brain is, forget about their past history, their childhood upbringing, their education, where they live at, like what country, their culture, right? Their language. Forget about all of that. Just this alone makes it like cray-cray. Now, here's the thing. There's, um, as people evolve, as they grow, mentally, emotionally, maturity-wise, evolve, they take on, they're capable of taking on more of these visions. Right. That's how you can tell if somebody's being mature or growing or, or, or you know, evolving is because they have more of these types of vision that they're coming from. Hmm. They're more open-minded. They're more receptive to new information, new incidences, new, new situations. Yeah, they understand. They have a greater understanding of what peace is. Yes, because they have a greater awareness of what's possible. Yeah. So, so which one of these do you see yourself looking at, like for? Which which one? <sighs> I know it's plural. Yeah. I'm a number six, man. Easy. Say again? I'm a, a number six. A connection. Six a connection, yes. But you're also you're also a project management vision to some degree. I mean, you know, you know how to get from here to there, right? Yeah, yeah. But do I got a but, knack for think, that. but you don't think from that. You just do that. Yeah, it's automatic. I think six is more uh, connectors is more automatic than anything else. But I'm gonna say you probably got at least five of these that you come from, depending on the situation. Okay. Shoot. What you think? Well, um, you definitely authenticity vision. Because <laughs> you you be spilling the beans, telling <laughs> on yourself, and 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 uh, you know. Of, you know, uncovering the bullshit detector in all your posts. Oh, hell yeah. Right. So authenticity vision is definitely one of your visions. Uh-huh. Uh, intuitive is another one. Intuitive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you follow, oh. you follow your gut. You, you trust your gut. Even if it ain't accurate, you trust it. Woo. Lord, have mercy. Am I right? Yep. Yeah, you speak a lot of that from there. Hey, man, don't do this. <laughs> and it's probably connection vision, too, because you're over there seeing the connections and worried about it. Between your intuition and your uh, connections, the ability to see how things, you know, are going to affect everything else. May, you know what? Maybe it's not connection vision. Maybe you're not connecting them. You're looking at the the impact. And then you start talking about the impact. Or maybe it's financial vision. Because no, you, I am a connector, Tony. Yeah. I, I combine. I have them work together. I connect but you people. Also, you also, mm-hmm. I've heard you on calls and in different scenarios, looking to say, to, looking to protect 
so there's a there's a bit of financial vision for you too. You you know you you looking to reduce risk, mm. protect. Anyhow, I'm just throwing out some ideas of some stuff that I've seen. So, you know, I'm, I want you to identify it for yourself more so than me being right. Is you being right with you? You know. No, no, I'm glad you pointed them out because it helps helps me focus on them and, and dissect it a little bit more. Yeah. Huh. Okay. You probably There's coming two. from these five of these. Yeah, it's two of them. It's two of these, but I need you to help me find. It's two of them. I'm not taking connectors off because that's my thing. All right, so uh, let me try something here. So peripheral vision. You can see the impact of things. If this happens, you can see that's going to happen. I can see that you can see Pretty that. Pretty much. Something to do. Yeah. yeah, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, horizontal. <laughs> horizontal yeah. goes, into, goes into project management, right? Project management, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like getting things done. Uh, nope, that's not me. Gotcha. Uh, intuitive. You follow your gut reactions all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And um, you can see how things are connected. Yep. You can see the connections of things. Mm-hmm. Microscopic, um, no, because I move too fast. I don't have yeah. time to really look so deep into stuff. I kind of yeah. look at the overall deal. Yeah. Like how, financial, uh, yeah, financial. Uh, real quick, help me out. <clears throat> we were talking about the people that, the people that kind of saw all of the stars. Yeah, and then the connectors would be the guys to connect the dots. Who are the people that saw all of the stars? That saw the whole thing. Those guys um, were. I thought I wrote that down. Peripheral. Peripheral. The peripheral yeah. vision. They can see the whole the whole sky. May not know what to do about it yet, but they can see it all, you know. Got it. Okay. Wow. Huh. Huh. Whoa. That's cool. And then uh you are you are a risk management guy. Definitely financial. Yeah. You keep saying that, but I just don't get it. Worth the, uh, maybe I'm getting maybe I'm getting crossed up with the financial part. Yeah, it's not financial. It's, it's return on investment. You know, you could call it. Wait a minute. Yeah, now I see what you're saying in the more practical sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ROI vision. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. You keep it's saying cool. that. It's like you telling me, look, dude. <laughs> you have a financial vision, dude. Okay, now I see it, Tony. I get it. Yeah, it's like you're your protector. You're a protector. Yeah, I am. But, but you got to see what there is to protect. So you're constantly looking to see what there is to protect. You want to have. You want to lose as little as possible. So most people that are like you know ROI vision, financial vision, they're like nitpickers. They're paranoid. You're not. Hmm. But, but you're not going to, 
you're not going to um, lose out. You're not going to make bad investments. Because I pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, you're not doing oh. it for fear. You're not doing it for fear. You're doing it from, from responsibility. But yeah. you're still coming from there. Right. As a matter of fact, the people that are scared, a lot of times they're financial vision too. They're they're worried about reducing risk. Entrepreneurs are often that. That's part of being an entrepreneur. Not not always, but that's often. Mm. Mm. Especially the guys that got a good business but they don't know how to make it grow. They're too busy being scared to to to, to take risks to make it grow. Right. And they won't move. And those kind of people they frustrate me because yeah, I can see yeah. Right. Right. You can see what they can't see. So you can help those folks by by discussing, you know, the benefits are more valuable than the risk. Like those are right. the guys that would never they would never be Jack with the beanstalk. You know what I'm saying? They would never yeah. trade the, they would never trade the cows in for some beans. <laughs> but then again but then again they wouldn't get but then again they wouldn't get the uh they wouldn't get the goose that lays and golden eggs either, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, they wouldn't have to worry about the giant. Right, right, right. They would never even see the giant. Mm-mm. So, and then uh, authenticity vision. Ain't no question about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what make you say that, man? <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, like I said, for myself, I see all of them. Um, but the, there's two that I do not consciously, intentionally come from. Well, not consciously, mm-hmm. unconsciously. I don't come from those. One is our uh, financial, and the other one is project management. Like I know how I know how to see things from a pro- I can see things from a project management perspective, but I ain't going to be doing it, and I don't think from it prospectively. I actually first come from vertical vision. I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at you know what's possible how how to make sense of what's possible how to communicate it to people that know how to do ground know how to do uh, horizontal vision but I come from all of those and I I shift from one type to another depending on the scenario. Do you use them in in uh, conjunction? Yeah, at the same yeah, time? of course. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably, I probably always come from at least five of them at some at, at every point. So, which is why you want to know this because what happens is people, um, people will look at life one way when everything is fine. They'll they'll use one or two or three visions even when everything is fine, and then they'll use one or two or three visions when when nothing in their mind nothing is fine. So they'll shift gears. From when everything's okay and then when everything's not okay, but they don't think it's okay. But now, another thing is, I don't know if you remember when, I don't remember when I said this asked, said this question, but I'm going to tell you this question. Uh, you'll remember it. Um, gee, that's an interesting way of looking at things. Would you like to hear another? I know. Remember that question? That's how you, that's how you shift people. That's how you right. like jumpstart them. Right. So you use these 10 types of vision in order to communicate to them in different ways of looking at it. 
So you use scenarios from these different types of visions. So if somebody's stuck in financial vision, ROI vision, right? Yeah. You can say, hey, you know, that's an interesting way of looking at it. But that, and that's not disrespecting or, dis, or right. disregarding their vision, right? Right. Right. So then, but then you could say, or oh, would you like another? Then you could say, let's say, talk about project management vision or vertical vision or peripheral vision or ground level vision or connection vision. And now they're looking at, they hear probably two or three because you might have said uh, one or two that they come from themselves. Mm. So that's how you relate to people. Right. You can relate to all people this way. You got to know how to meet them on the level. Exactly. Or at least introduce them to new ways of looking at things. And then right. people don't people don't want to be changed. They don't want to be no. fixed. They don't want to get mad. Want, they get mad right. when they feel like you're trying to change them. Right. But they don't mind changing themselves when they get new information. Right. And that's how you got them there. Right. So you give them new information rather than try to fix them. Right. Let them fix themselves, man. They want to do it. Like little kids. I want to yep. do it. Right. You're like, I can help you, dude. I can just pick you up. I want to do it. I get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you want to be looking at life as widely, as completely, as um, comprehensively as you possibly can and listen for where they're coming from because eventually you'll be able to hear where other people are coming from. And then you'll be able to speak their language or get them to understand yours. Because you can tell what type of vision they're coming from. Whoa. You can tell that they're conscious. And once they're conscious, you can start talking their language, meet them where they are. Uh, this, is the uh, section where, this is the section where you learn x-ray listening. Yeah, I, I got to work on that, Tony. I hear you. All right. All right. Yeah. So now, after this section, the next section is empathy, which is dealing with people's emotions and their communication styles. So you, people see things one way, and then they talk in a different way. What I mean mm-hmm. by that is... People talk back. Like mirrors, talk. man. Just like a mirror. Well... It's a, re- it's a reverse reflection. Well, it's kind of that, but it's, that's not exactly what I mean. Oh. So what I mean is, let's say somebody is trying to avoid risk. They're not going to talk and say, listen, I'm trying to avoid the risk one. They're not going to say that. Yeah, they're not. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna mask it. That's, they're going to say it another way, but you can see that if you're paying attention with x-ray vision, you can you can see what they're really trying to say. Yeah. Or see their message or see their meaning. Right. They'll mask it by um, using a different kind of, using a communication style that will help them get what they want but won't tell on themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, so, uh, for example, if a woman really does want to have sex with a guy, she's 
she's not going to say. I wonder what she's going to talk in ways that gives him permission to be aggressive. All women so, do this? Well, to some degree. Not all, but most. <laughs> you know, or... I'll say with 80%. Like, or they act like they're not interested to see how interested you really are, and they'll surrender if you're interested enough. You see, but that's that bullshit, though. That's bullshit. I know. It's bullshit, hey, man. Listen, I know. But the reason why they do it is because you got so many stupid guys out here, they can't tell who's who. But then, Damn. that's still their responsibility. You know what? Because if they know who they are, they won't feel... They won't have to worry about that shit. Exactly. They be able to see who guys are, and then they wouldn't be worried about it. They could be straight. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a whole other story there, though. <laughs> oh, oh, that's 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 a that, that's that ain't even a phone call. That's a meeting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a weekend. Yeah, that's a weekend right there, buddy. That's a weekend, man. Jeez. So. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. Anyhow, um, yeah. So, um, you know, the bottom line is that uh, people see life. From, per, from certain perspectives, like the predator's visor, mm. like these these different types of vision are like the different uh, ways that the predator was looking at life, looking at uh, in, in the in the thing. Remember, he switches his switches his visor. Yeah. In fact, they even got a they even got a. I saw the um, what do you call it? I saw the scene in the predator, um, in the meat locker scene. On YouTube, like a like a three minute video. No, on that scene. Yeah, Show on that scene. Predator two, and he walks in there and he's like, uh, and then next thing you know, he's like, he starts shifting his vision, and then when he finally saw the humans, he said, uh huh, and then he went around them, and then he kicked their ass. I remember that I thought, thing when I was a kid. He was throwing that, that whatever that thing was, like a mm-hmm. boomerang thing. Mm-hmm. And he was slicing slicing through the meat and slicing through them. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was uh, Samuel L. Jackson. It was Danny Glover. Yeah, yeah, it was Danny was, Glover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't remember it until I saw that clip. That's not something I know, you know, but... Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's uh, what's up. So... Uh, just to give you a, a um, you know a quick run through for uh, the next session to prep you, so you can be my partner in making it happen. Uh, we're gonna be doing empathy, and um, the thing about empathy is that um, there's three parts to empathy. There's uh, listening. We're gonna talk about listening, but like how to listen to people in their emotional states. Whoa. And then, yeah. You said there's three types of empathy? Well, three parts to it, to the second. Three parts. Right. The second uh, part is um, managing emotions. Whoa. How to actually manage them in the first place. And then the third part is communication styles. I don't want to people. While they are in their emotional state. 
Yeah. Yep. Managing emotions. Well, it's uh, listening, managing emotions, and then communication styles. Communication style. Yeah, it's the way people communicate um, to get what they want, but it has nothing necessarily to do with the way they see the world. So, um, Donald Trump, for example, I hate to use him as an example in this case, um, but, you know, he talks, you know, in a a gruff, rough, tough kind of way, spontaneous. But he doesn't necessarily think the way he talks, but you can't tell because people don't know that, you know, the way people talk is not necessarily the way they think or the way they see life. Wait a minute. So... Let me give you a simpler example. A player. Oh. A player will use the kind of language that a girl wants. Say no right? more. Yeah. Right. He's saying one thing to get what he wants, but that ain't necessarily how he sees the whole scenario. Yeah, he's a. a, a I'm trying to use better words. He's using ah. words. <laughs> he's okay. using words to seduce and sway a woman, but the truth behind it is that he has real selfish ulterior motives. Right. Which comes from a place of pain that he has masked uh, someone sometime back in his past. Well, bringing it back to, um, you know, the 10 types of vision. Mm-hmm. You know, a player could be um, coming from, you know, horizontal vision, getting things done. I want what I want. You know, he could be coming from financial ROI vision. I need to get the best value out of what I'm getting at. What? You know what I mean? But he won't be talking uh, that way. You, you know, follow what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a monkey wrench right there. You threw a monkey wrench in that, man. <laughs> yeah, see, these types of vision work whether you're dealing with somebody that's coming from, uh, you know, love and, and, and support or, you know, uh, criminal or negative mindset. This also includes positive and negative mindset. That's correct. The style, uh, the type of vision they have has nothing to do with whether it's positive or negative. That's why it's so important to recognize it. That's why it's so important to recognize it and to know how to, how to interact with them from that perspective. Because you could then, when you can recognize where they're coming from, you can see where they're coming from. And then you can yeah. make some shifts, and they don't even know you're doing unless they do the program. Wow. You know, I, I, I was taught, this is one thing I like to point out. It just popped in my head, and I got to let it go right now, because if I don't, I might forget it. Go ahead. But for about 25 years now, I remember this girl at my church, and she said to me, Tim, you are so so conceited and I was like I was 
automatically defended myself because I always tried to be the opposite. And when she said that in front of everybody, it made me not second-guess myself, but make me want to prove to everybody that I wasn't. Okay. And it's been it's been like one of those underlining things that I've been uh dealing with, man, even today. Huh. Got it. So so from that from that I would I would I would devalue my self worth because I didn't want to I didn't want to seem like I was better at something something than someone else. People that will tell you most of the time, if a person says something like that to you, yeah, that's because you've got a level of of, of uh, confidence self worth that they don't. Most, right. So why did so, I why why did I, why did I t- well, I was like thirteen at the time, but why did I take it that way? Because you ain't know no better. You ain't know no better. You probably didn't yeah. even know what conceited was. I associated it with, with uh I associated that with something that was that was bad, something that was wrong, something that was selfish, you know. Yep. And that's how it's meant. But if you really understood conceited, it's an egotism that we are trying to boost your own confidence up. You're trying to make yourself look better than you really feel that you really are. It's a work. It's a wow. work in progress. Confidence. You're really confident. You ain't trying to build yourself up. You're just being you. Whoa. Man, words are powerful, man. I just had a breakthrough, Tony. Mm. This is a breakthrough, man. Just by what you just said. Mm. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be one of those made-back-chill reflecting Saturdays. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you what I'm getting out of this. What I'm getting out of this is I know that one of one of the books that I was supposed to be writing a few years from now yeah. is called um, Shadows of the Mind. Yeah. And it's about how the today. brain... <laughs> Say it again. That's what you're going to start today. Well, uh, <laughs> this is making me go all the way in. I know that for a damn fact. But this, yeah, program here, this program is teaching me that, yeah, I'm, I'm already, I'm already like, halfway there in terms of, like, the content. Uh, not yeah. necessarily delivery, but, yeah. Um, the, the shadows of the mind, how the brain works. And not, yeah. like, scientifically, like, you know, examine all of this stuff. I took all the research that I did. You know, and all the coaching I've done, and I, I'm looking at this stuff, and as I talk, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, damn! Oh wow, damn! Oh yeah, damn!" You know. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So when you can really see how people's brain is moving around, the whole concept of mental modeling, everything we're talking about, is inside of institution mental modeling. There's so many ways you can see how the brain is moving that all of a sudden you can catch people being themselves. Is, is that is that why it's very it's very important to watch te- to watch television because you get a chance to see people's mental modeling oh, and the characters they portray. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you know, 
Um, yeah, and then another tool, which might be the biggest tool of all, really, is remember uh, Happily Ever After, right? First program yeah. we did, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it was second program. Yeah. We did co- Train the Coach first, I think. Which one do we do? Train the Coach or Happily Ever After? Um, whatever. We got we Happily Ever After came first. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked about, you know, what type of person you are and blah, blah, blah. And, um, uh, you know, how to know yourself, right? So remember, you got a list of uh, a bunch of principles in the first the first session. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, understanding principles, understanding mental models, understanding how to listen, you'll be able to practice, you know, you'll know yourself and be able to see through people. Really, man. man, principles, mental modeling. What was the other one? Principles, mental modeling, and um, listening. Yeah. Question. Learning how to listen. Yeah. How long? How much time? Five minutes? What do you mean? What are you asking me? When when, uh, distinguishing a, a son to see a person's mental modeling, first 30 seconds? Yeah, you can, you can see it in the first couple of minutes. 30. Yeah. Could be, could be immediately. Could be, you know, up to yeah, but ten, fifteen minutes. But, but, but that, that, yeah, that, that, that varies quite a bit because some people are, some people mask. Yes, most people. <clears throat> so, um, I forgot. There's one more piece called communication styles. Communication style actually makes it. It's the, it's the part that makes it the hardest to figure them out. Uh, so their style of communicating is not necessarily the way they think and see things. Like the player do. Yeah. So so women versus men, they, they communicate. Their communication styles are are very different. Yeah, well, fundamentally and then, then situationally. So what I mean by that is fundamentally, um, women communicate... For the purpose of getting related, feeling, feeling, yeah, yeah, you know, like that, right? And um, you know, and men have men communicate for the purposes of getting to the point and getting things done. Yeah. So when men and women talk, if they don't learn how to get on the same page, this is going to be a problem. And uh, right. you know, so for one example, this is probably one of the. If this is not the biggest, it's one of the biggest. When women are talking with each other, have you noticed how much they interrupt each other, laugh, and talk over each other? Have you noticed that? Uh, I'm 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 pausing because I'm like, heck yeah, yeah I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking so deep into it though. And I'm like, uh. But there's two things that happen. Either they sure. embrace the fact, they love it, they do it because they love it, or mm. they get mad and they be fighting. But either way, they always talk over each other. You know why? Because to them, cause to them they're not really talking over each other. What they're doing is proving how much they understand each other. Damn. Man. If I can finish your thoughts with you, I must be really understanding how you feel and with you. Holy shit. 
They're not conscious of it because they don't know how to not do that. They never thought about not doing that. But what, what about when they get mad? Say again? What about when they get mad with each other? Then they try to outflow each other and, and bully each other. And it's because, they, each other. because they understand each other. Yeah. Or even oh. if they don't. Even if they don't, then they try to manipulate you by making you feel a certain way. So they're over there trying to make themselves feel bad or feel worse or feel weak or something. Mm-hmm. So they try to they try to make themselves feel each other feel a certain way so they can stop and they can win. The other person can stop and they can win. That's how they do us. They try to make us feel guilty, bad, ashamed. You know, all of that stuff. So they could get us to do what they wanted to do. It works better on us than it works on them with each other. Oh, because they understand each other's techniques, and they have a relationship, and they have a relationship that's with emotions. That's why they call each other bullshit meter out, and that's why women be like, that's why that's sometimes you see one come around, others be like, mm, we know what you're trying to do, but yep. you already know. Exactly. I be damned. Okay, so what about men? So men, we talk um, to get to the point to solve problems to help out. And when we talk, we especially don't interrupt each other because we are subconsciously aware of the fact that this guy is thinking out loud. Let him finish. Because we're not conscious of the fact that the best thing to come out of our mouth is the last thing to come out of our mouth before we say, all right, I'm done. But we do that anyhow. We let each other finish so we can finish our thinking or finish our explanation. So that maybe we can learn something and we can get something done. For us, man, it's all about getting stuff done. Say again? I say those, those are two different worlds. Yep. Yep. And that's how come communication is so tough. Hmm. I almost feel like putting this recording up on uh, the uh, the Facebook group. We they should. Can hear something. They can hear something and they can, uh, yeah, they can learn something. Yeah. I'm all for it, bro. Yeah. All right. If I, try, if I decide to do that, you know, I will, but um, not sure I'm going to, but. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if people decide they want to listen to this, it's like a two-hour call, man. So it is. I look at this. I might be in trouble. Hold on. Yeah, almost. Well, you got on at uh, eight fifteen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go, Tony. All right. Listen, I'm cool with that. So, anything you want to say? Um, anything you want to say in completion of this call here, man? Man, I was. I got lost trying to find a beach and this ended up being a phenomenal conversation man i gotta i gotta take some photos and, and send some views um the notes i've taken and in the middle of the call yeah the notes i've taken and the uh the breakthrough the breakthrough i had and um the tools leading leading into next week you know i'm gonna sit out here and meditate man try to get it at least 30 minutes but i gotta check in first you know so yeah. i don't get in trouble 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, this, this is good. Hey, do you need to start on that book, man? Shadows of the Mind. Well, I got I got like four other books in front of it, man. But uh, I'm definitely oh, going to wow. do it. And I'm, I'm not going to lose it. And I'm going to have probably three times as much content in there as I, as, as I shared today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be freaking phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. All right. All right. Over now, brother. All right. Let me learn these milk and modeling. <laughs> Yo. Listen, you're never gonna you're never gonna get it perfect, but you can always get become really great at it, you know. Okay, cool. That takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, you yeah, no, you're not it is I don't even know if it's possible to be perfect at this, you know? Yeah, because you know you know me, I'm trying to master everything I do, so Yeah, well just just keep remembering, just keep reminding yourself that Michael Jordan didn't miss over nine thousand shots in his career. That that gives me peace. <laughs> that gives me peace, man. No, you can be excellent without being perfect. You'd be fine. I gotta remember to write that down. That's my last piece of notes right there. <laughs> Michael Jordan missed. He missed shots. Yeah, yeah. And it's I think 13 year career, he missed over 9,000 shots. So that means he missed wow. almost a thousand shots a, a season. Wow. Got it. I'm in there. Thanks, man. Glad I got help. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. Yeah. All right, man. All right, yo. Peace out. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.